Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another edition of Managing Risk for Tomorrow Today. And today we have Adam Perea. He is the Vice President of Elite Risk Insurance. You can reach out to Adam at 602-882-1213 and aperea at eliterisk.com. And the website is eliterisk.com. Adam, good to see you again. Hey, Bruce. I appreciate having me back. Hey, it's your show. I'm just along for the ride, right? Um, let's, let's jump right into it. We're going to get right back into a um, a topic that we talked about on previous episodes that you are very, very familiar with, and it is something that Elite Risk does very, very well, and that's captives. And let's really break it down. Are captives really cheaper? Well, you know, I think you can use them as a strategy to lower your total cost of risk. Um, you know, given the current market we're in right now, what we're getting is a lot of people calling uh, because they've been told or from what they've read that you can buy cheaper insurance through a captive. And, uh, you know, in most cases, that's just simply not true. Um, you why, know, why do you think that there's that misconception? Um. You know, historically, the way captives were used um, for a lot of businesses, you could just buy cheaper insurance through your captive. But it was very specific kind of lines, right? Um, there are times where the commercial market may be overcharging and you go to an actuary and say, yeah, you know, based on your individual company or company's risk profile, I think you can buy it for you know, a, a cheaper amount in, into your own captive. So if you're going to self-insure it, if you will. Um, but for the most part, you know, that's that's things like maybe administrative actions or uh, reputation risk. Some of that stuff might not be available in the commercial market. Um, but I, I think, you know, there there was a misconception that you, you can just buy it cheaper from your own captive. And, and what we run into is people don't realize um, that when you're self-insuring it and taking it into a captive, you now are responsible for the entire risk, right? So if you're buying a million dollars of coverage in the commercial market, you can simply go somewhere and say, hey, how much do you charge me for a million dollars of coverage? And they can say, hey, you know, hey, it's going to be $3,000 for a crime policy or $50,000 for a GL policy. Uh, well, they've got a pool of clients behind them that have all paid premium. So they have this giant pool of premiums and surplus that they can charge you $50,000 for a million dollar policy. So they're spreading the risk amongst all their clients. The, the fact of it is when you get into your own captive, it's now you. So there are risk pools that you can participate in that you can lay off a, a defined amount of risk. But at the end of the day, you still have to be responsible for that claim. So it's, it's not just can I pay less premium to my own insurance company? It's, do I have it structured properly? So in the event I have a loss, I can actually pay it. So how can people, just to refresh everybody's memory on this, create their own captive? Yeah, so there, there's a uh, sometimes a lengthy process that we go to, right? So we will take all of their data. Usually it's copies current copies of their policies and their loss runs and some of their uh, you know maybe their safety protocols and, and we can really dig into it and look at what they're paying to the commercial market versus um, you know what we might be able to do in a captive 
So um, it, there's a process where you say, hey, should I should I take on more risk or should I pass that risk off to the commercial market? And folks don't often realize sometimes it's cheaper to pass most of that risk on through risk transfer to the commercial market. So, for example, if you're let's just say you're paying two hundred thousand dollars for a GL policy in the commercial market, right? A million dollars of coverage. Um, it might be better for you to take larger deductibles and see how much premium you save and then self-insure that um, versus, you know, if I'm going to take that whole million dollars into my captive, if I charge myself 200000 now I have to have the capital or other premiums in that captive to pay that full loss. And that's something that obviously Elite Risk sits down, talks to their clients and breaks it down, shows them all the different options so that the businesses can make the best decision for themselves. Sure. So so when I get folks that have the the call us or or reach out to us that are looking for cheaper insurance, uh, you know, we talk through what that really means. So cheaper insurance, sometimes we get calls, people are just looking for lower premiums, right? So that's not necessarily the only way to have cheaper insurance we focus on a lower total cost of risk. So at the end of the day, you may be spending a million dollars entirely on your commercial program, but what we do is try to show you how you can keep more of that premium and underwriting profit. So are you are you getting cheaper insurance? By definition, yes. At the end of the day, if your total cost of risk is cheaper or lower, um, are you getting cheaper premiums? Not necessarily because you're still going to have that same initial cash outlay. Um, and, and it's not like, hey, if I'm taking that risk, I don't have to pay that premium. You still have to pay it to yourself. The upside is you're not kissing that money goodbye every year. What are, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the misconceptions with, with captives, but what is it about captives that, people truly, truly don't understand. I mean, there is that you're insuring yourself. There is that you have to pay out your claims, but there's a lot more to it as well. There is, you know, I mean, a a captive, really, you're starting your own insurance company. It's highly regulated. It's licensed. Um, You know, it's no different than the larger insurance companies. They just have a bunch of different rules and regulations they have to follow because of the way they operate. Um, but what people don't understand is, is they hear other people talk about it or people talk about it and say, oh, if you get a captive, you just buy reinsurance. It's easy. You know, you just buy reinsurance and and uh, then you can write larger limits in your captive or they don't talk about the cost of capital. You know, you do got to capitalize your your insurance company. So the more premium you write, oftentimes the more capital you have to have. So you know, they get told about uh, or they hear stories of buying cheaper insurance and, and uh, you know, it's easy just to go get reinsurance. What they don't tell you is there's thresholds where people just won't talk to you, right? So if you want reinsurance right now in the reinsurance market, it's difficult. It's tough. So you can't just go out and say, hey, I need to buy $2 million of, of reinsurance for my captive. They're going to want to know what programs you're writing, you know, what limits you have. Uh, what your safety precautions or measures are. So there's just there's just a whole host of things that people make it sound very simple, but oftentimes they forget to tell you all the things that go into it, right? So 
even if you can lower your total cost of risk or perhaps even pay less premiums into your captive uh, and, and get cheaper insurance, you forget about the other cost, you know, the startup cost, the cost of capital that oftentimes start to make it. If you're a smaller company, that's where it starts to become not really economically viable to self-insure. And, and there's that's why there's kind of a threshold of where you need to be before that makes sense. Because you're self-insuring and because you are essentially setting up your own insurance company, do you need to have the personnel on your staff, on your payroll to manage it and oversee it? No. So that's one of the great things about captives is, is most of the time you're going to go to a, an advisor or a risk manager or a captive manager even directly and have them help structure this for you. So they will take care of everything. They're really, they do the day-to-day operations. So a client can continue to focus on running their business successfully and engage or pay somebody else to run this second company, or, you know, sometimes it's a multiple of a company, but yeah, you don't have to really know the ins and outs of an insurance company because you'll engage that captive manager to do the day-to-day functions for you. Yeah, I was curious about that because as you were starting to talk about the cost that people don't necessarily think of in self-insuring and starting their own insurance company uh, to take advantage of the captive, I was wondering, you know, do you have to bring somebody on board? Where, you know, is it another function of HR or something like that to be able to take care of it? And you explained it so incredibly well. What are some of the other um, risks that insure and not insurance companies, but someone creating their own insurance company needs to be aware of that takes the shine off of the sexiness of having your own captive, insuring yourself and potentially limiting um, your capital outlet? Yeah, you know, it's 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 the fact that most of the time these are long term plays and there is a lot of risk in starting a new company, right? So um, they 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 might think, hey, I'm just going to put it into a captive this year because we're having a tough year getting premium. So, you know, I'm just gonna, it's going to be a short-term solution. Um, that could work in some cases. Very, very few times do I see that work. It's more of a long-term play, right? You got to see this five, six, seven years out to understand where you start to see the benefit of, of taking on that risk. So I don't think people understand that, um, and the startup, you know, doing all the um, data collection and, and all the underwriting and everything that goes into it, you really got to be committed to that and understand what you're getting into. Because oftentimes their experience with insurance is, yeah, just go get me the cheapest price and you write you write one check or, you know, for your premium and then you're done. You don't have to worry about anything else. But when you have a captive, now you have your own insurance company. So does that add to the administrative functions of your company? In most cases, it does, um, but it, it varying levels, right? So we have captives that um, folks say, hey, I've been self-insuring this. I want to transfer it to a captive. Great. You know, we're going to get that off our balance sheet and, and fund it through a captive. Well, they can still go through their normal processes of how they do things day to day. The only difference is now they have one step where they have to report that loss to a captive versus just whoever's in accounting to properly account for that loss, right? So in most cases, 
there's not a big administrative burden. And we try to shoulder most of that as, as and pass that off to a captive manager. Um, and other times, depending on how complex they want to get with their program, they may need people that are more actively involved on their end. You explain this so incredibly well that even a guy like me who no, understands nothing about insurance completely understands the situation. If you have any questions, if you have anything that you want to do in the insurance industry, you need insurance, or you're looking to create a captive, Adam is the man to reach out to. His phone number is 602-882-1213. The email is a Perea, and you see the spelling on the screen, P-E-R-E-A at EliteRisk.com. That's A Perea at EliteRisk.com. And the website is EliteRisk.com. He's Adam. I'm Bruce, managing risk for tomorrow today. And Adam, I know we've got more episodes to do, so stick around and we'll continue to let folks know exactly how they can take care of themselves financially in insurance and in risk. So, Thank you for being with us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Bruce. Talk to you soon.